Good morning, Zoe Church. It is great to be with you guys as we have an online experience together as a church. If you notice, I'm wearing a flannel shirt, and the reason for the flannel shirt was I stepped outside this morning and I felt how cold it was. It felt like fall weather, sweater weather, and so I made myself some coffee, put on a flannel shirt, there's one thing about me, I'm a big environment guy, big ambiance guy. I love environments, I love moods, I love uh, kind of anything that deals with a great environment. If there's one thing I could change about this morning's environment, I wish there could be a crackling fireplace behind me with a warm ambiance of a fireplace with the crackles in the background and I got my flannel shirt on. Maybe you have flannel pajamas on this morning and you have your cup of coffee. Maybe you have your flannel bathrobe on this morning. But look, I'm excited. And the reason why is because fall is here. The cool weather is coming. I just love fall. Fall is like one of my greatest, most favorite times of the year. Uh, but this morning, we're going to continue on with uh, kind of a message that's been on my heart uh, I started it last week, if you were here, I'll touch on it in just a little bit, but we're going to jump right into it this morning, and I don't know about you, if you've ever had a moment in your life that really just kind of changed everything for you. Uh, maybe it was a big life event, maybe it was getting married, maybe it was uh, experiencing a child, having a childbirth. Uh, life is full of these kinds of moments, and a defining moment for me was a moment where uh, something happened in my family, and I was playing softball on a summer night, and the umpire stops the game, tells me to come in, so I run in, and it's my sister, and she says, Micah, it's dad, we need to go to the hospital, and so we run to the hospital, we found out my dad had been in a motorcycle accident, but everything was fine, the doctor said, hey, your dad's breathing, we'll let you go see your dad in a little bit, like, so everything seemed fine to us, but as time went on, we began to realize that everything wasn't going to plan, and things were taking longer, so just pulled the doctor. I said, hey, doc, I said, what's going on with my dad? And he said, well, why don't you come into this room with me? And he sat me and my family down, and he said, son, are you the oldest? I said, yeah, I'm the oldest. He said, son, I'm sorry to tell you this, but after doing more studies on your dad and his brain, he said, in the accident, we've discovered your dad's brain stem was completely crushed. And he said, I'm sorry to tell you this, but there's literally no brain activity whatsoever in your dad's brain. And um, that day, I can remember it so well and so clearly, and um, one of the hardest, most difficult days of my life, knowing that that was going to be my dad's last day here on earth. I don't know if you've ever experienced a loss like that, but I ended up losing my dad to a motorcycle accident and didn't know that he would die that way. In fact, I think sometimes when we look at life and we think about life, we just think of, well, you know, I was born, I... My life progressed and then maybe died of old age or died when I was 90 or 80 or whatever it is. Sometimes we view life that way. But after going through an experience like that, I, it changed me. It, it, it did something within me. It allowed me to see how short this life really is. In fact, maybe you've been to a funeral recently or you were at a funeral or anytime you go to a funeral, isn't it interesting that when you go to a funeral, it somehow allows you to examine life again. It allows you to maybe slow down a little bit and start asking yourself some questions. Maybe even the thought of death. I know some death, it scares people. Uh, death can be a traumatic event. It can 
be a loss that sticks with you forever. I know for me, I, I still have moments that I still find myself grieving the loss of my father. And I think there's something we all have in common with where we are in society today. And maybe, just maybe, the last six months, month, whatever it is, you've experienced a loss of some sorts. Um, maybe it's a loss of what life was like for you before COVID hit. Maybe it was a loss of a loved one. Maybe it was a loss of a job. Uh, this season, it sometimes feels like uh, we're losing or, or we've experienced loss. You know, I've, I've talked to so many people, even myself, saying, I just wanted to go back to normal. I want things normal again. And in this season of loss or feeling of loss, rather than it being something that is doom and gloom, I want it to be something that maybe can hone us back in all along what Christ wants for our life and maybe even to examine in our own life. All over scripture, you see scripture talking about telling us uh, numbering the days we have left, realizing how short life is, that it's just literally a breath. In the grand scheme of eternity, in the grand scheme of life here on earth, we realize how short life really is. Christ talks about how he's coming back a second time. Last week we talked about this, how there's questions you and I will need to answer when he comes back a second time. And the reality is this, all of us are at some point going to die or before that Christ will come back a second time. We looked at last week how we see 300 scripture verses talking about the coming of Christ, 100 talking about the first coming, 200 talking about the second time. Christ is going to come back a second time. And the question we asked ourselves last week, we ended with the big so what, and last week's big so what was this, is when he comes back a second time, is will he find faith in us? When he returns, will he find faith in our heart? And I want to lead and start off with today's big so what. I just have one big so what for you and one challenge. Today's big so what is this, is when Christ comes back a second time, the question we need to answer is this, is was my life built on Christ? Was my life built on Christ? And the passage I want to direct us to is this passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and there's this argument going on between these two pastors, these two spiritual leaders in the church. One is Apollos, another named Paul. And these people are like, hey, was it Paul that impacted you? Was it Apollos that impacted you? And Paul just sets the record straight. He just goes out and says this. He says, look, in verse 10, 1 Corinthians 3, verse 10, he says, by the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder. Someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. So Paul is saying, look, you think I'm a big deal, and you might think Apollos is a big deal, but you need to understand something. We aren't a big deal, and we're merely just building our life, we're building our ministry, everything about our life, we're building it on someone who already laid the foundation for us. That foundation is Jesus Christ. And then he goes on to say this, if anyone builds on the foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is. And here we go. Here's the second coming. Because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, 
the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, yet will be saved. Paul is basically saying this. Your life is either being built on Christ, and if it's built on Christ, when he comes back a second time, when he reveals the work that has been established, will it be burned up or will it pass the test? And a life that passes the test, a life that's found by Christ when he comes back a second time or when we stand before Christ, we're going to have to give an account of what we built our life upon. And so our big so what today, what I really want to hone you in on is this one question, is was my life built on Christ? Was my life built on his foundation? Christ clearly lays it out that he says, apart from we, apart from me, we can't do it. He says in another way in the Gospels how, look, there's going to be storms that hit. There's going to be seasons of loss that hit. There's going to be seasons of disruption that hits. But here's the deal. You're going to be able to withstand every season. You're going to be able to withstand every hardship, every trial for those people who build their life upon me. Christ equated it to a house that was built on sand versus a house that was built on a rock. And he says the great revealer is going to be when the storms hit. Right now, you guys, storms are hitting our country. Right now, storms are hitting our homes. Right now, the enemy is trying to steal, kill, destroy. The enemy is trying to bring division. The enemy is trying to bring disunity. He's trying to bring disruption. He's trying to bring chaos. And right now, in our world, there is a great revealer of what's going on inside of our hearts. And what's going on inside of us will either reveal a life that is built on Christ and on his foundation, or it's going to reveal a life that was built upon us. We do a poor job building our lives upon us because all it takes is one wrong thing or something to hit us or an event to happen, and we realize how weak we really are. We realize how fragile we really are. And I want to encourage you to turn your life and build it upon Jesus. If your foundation has been built merely off of business or it's been built merely off an education or a reward or an accolade. Christ talks about how all of that will perish. All of that will go away. All you have to do is look at the great society of Rome and how it was built with beautiful structures and beautiful coliseums and a very event-driven society. And you see the remnants of Roman civilization and it's crumbled. It's down to nothing. You know what's crazy to think about? Everything you and I build in our life, the very houses we live in, the structures that we've built for us to even reside in are temporal and will eventually crumble and go away. No structure built by human hands lives on forever. Everything in this world, everything in this life is passing away. And the only thing that stands the test of time is the word of God, which is eternal, pure, and flawless, and Christ's kingdom on this earth, which is eternal. So we are either building our life upon Christ or we're building our life upon ourselves. And when Christ comes back a second time, a question that you and I will need to be able to answer was, was my life built upon 
Jesus. Will he find faith in you? Will he find faith on the earth when he comes a second time? Will the work, the life we gave ourselves to, will it stand the test of the fire? Or will it all burn up and pass away? Christ has called us to build our life upon him, which leads me to a challenge that I have for you today. Our challenge today is this, is let go of the temporal and live for the eternal. Let go of the temporal and live for the eternal. So much of what we can give our life to, really, if you examine it, is temporary. But there is another side that we can invest to, and it's eternal. It's things that last forever. Last week, my challenge was to find a place every day where you can go and where you can pray. Why did I make that a challenge? Because prayer is eternal. Prayer impacts more than just you. Prayer is something that lasts forever. There are literally prayers being answered by people in our life who've prayed for us that are long gone or maybe even in our life anymore. But God is still fulfilling the prayers of those kinds of people. A life that lasts forever is a life that is driven by eternity. A life that passed the test that Christ comes a second time is a life that was built on his foundation and a life built for eternal things. You might be thinking, well, what do you mean build a life that's eternal? What does it look like to live a life that's for eternity and not for temporary pleasures? I think of one thing that comes to mind, and it's our generosity, giving to things that last forever, things for the kingdom. One of the things that's on my wife and I's heart is we just want to be generous. We want to be generous towards others. We want to be generous in missions. So my wife and I, we do that. We give generously to missions. We go above and beyond our first fruits back to God, and we, we give generously. Why? Missions are eternal. Missions last forever. A lot of you give to kingdom builders here a practical way to say, God, this life is temporal, it's going away. Invest your money, invest your resources in the kingdom builders. We support missionaries all across the world that are furthering the efforts of Christ. What better way to invest in the kingdom than to start saying, hey, we've never given to kingdom builders before. We've never actually invested resources before. Let's take a step and let's stop living for things that will pass away and let's start investing for things that are eternal. What about uh, choosing to wake up and spend time in God's word and spend time in his presence, things that will have eternal ramifications, things that impact your life now? Um, I feel a call to stay in the book of Proverbs every day. I feel a call to stay in the gospels every day. I need Jesus in this season. It's like the rain is batting against the house I need Jesus more than ever, and I need him every day. Living for eternity is prioritizing his word in our life, to meditate on it, to allow his word to speak to me, to guide me, to comfort me. I think of someone in my own house, in my own family line, who chose to make it about Christ and about eternity. I had a model of a grandfather who had eight kids and many grandkids, and this was a man who modeled for me what it meant to live a life for eternity and forget the temporal things. Having eight kids growing up in Minneapolis, my mom tells about now how she realized she came from a poor home. They really didn't have a lot of money. They never really heard from their parents about how they didn't have much. But what they did have a lot of 
was they had a man in the house who chose to live for eternity, who would try to do devotions at the table with his kids, who tried to instill the word of God in his home, who would make church a priority in gathering around people who loved Christ, would make prayer a priority by praying for his kids and by praying for his wife. I watched as my grandpa had many grandkids and oftentimes when we'd gather together around family, large family gatherings, Christmas time, Thanksgiving, different holidays, we'd get together once a month for birthdays. I watched how Christ was the priority in our gatherings. Times to encourage one another, times to pray together, times even just to stop and think about God's faithfulness and who he is in our life. I looked as my grandpa's no longer here on this earth, but I've watched how his life, which was built upon Christ, is a legacy that still lives on today in my own heart, but the family that he got to lead and pray over. All of us have an opportunity. The question is, is when he comes back a second time, is was my life built on Christ? All of us can start right now today to prioritize the eternal, to forget the temporal, to choose Christ day in and day out. Let's pray. God, I thank you for an opportunity to really just stop and think about what is life all about? What truly matters? And God, what really matters is you. This was our life built upon you. Lord, I pray for anybody walking through a storm walking through a season of loss, or even just contemplating what's life all about. I pray your encouragement would come to them right now. I pray you'd build them up in their faith. God, I pray they would choose you to follow you, to build their life upon the rock, to build their life upon Jesus, and to watch as the eternal is emphasized and the temporal is let go of. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you so much, Zoe, for joining with us. We love you. We're praying for you. Would you be encouraged as you worship with us one last time?